You're listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast from Judicial Watch. I'm Chris Farrell, and this is On Watch. Welcome to On Watch, everybody, the Judicial Watch podcast, where we take a deep dive behind the headlines and cover stuff that the news media really doesn't want you to know about. We try to recover lost history, and we try to explain the inexplicable. Today, we're going to talk about the Biden, uh, the Biden border crisis and an interesting kind of tangent, a curve off of that, that affects American foreign policy and one of our NATO allies. You're going to find out how the incredible disparity of treatment when it comes to foreign policy and immigration policy within the Biden administration endangers the public and puts an ally at risk all at one shot, all at one time. But before we get into that, I want to discuss with you and thank you for joining us on this podcast. We ask that you please visit us either on YouTube or any of the other platforms out there like Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, give us a rating. We want to know what you think and get your feedback so we can bring it into the studio and improve the quality of our show for you. So thank you again for joining us on Watch. Um, Look, 7 million people, 7 million people have entered the United States unlawfully under the term of President Biden. And that's a, a very conservative estimate. It may be even higher than that. But there's been 7 million, I'm going to use an old-fashioned term, illegal aliens. I don't think we're supposed to say that anymore. But 7 million illegal aliens have entered the country. They're here unlawfully. The United States government has absolutely no idea who is present in the country? None. On top of that, uh, the Biden administration keeps making claims that the border is secure, that they have operational control over the border. And uh, in the meanwhile, they've imported something like 340,000 unaccompanied minors into the country. And of those 340,000, they have lost, they have no contact, no control, no awareness of the whereabouts of over 85,000 of those children. 85,000 missing children that have essentially been trafficked into the country by the Biden administration, and they don't know where they are. So it's a very grave crisis. Now that's a domestic issue that has to do with our own internal national security. But you know, the Biden administration is schizophrenic. Uh, and while they have this untenable position with regard to the border and immigration and national security. For some reason, they've decided to turn on a NATO ally, a member of the European Union, and impose visa sanctions on this country. Joining us to discuss this insanity on the part of the Biden administration is my good friend, Zoltan Koshkovics, who is a geopolitical strategist and analyst with the Center for Fundamental Rights in Budapest, Hungary. Welcome, Zoltan. Hello, Chris. It's a huge honor to, to speak to your audience, and it's great to see you, my friend. Very good to have you with us. Uh, something the average American doesn't understand is that while the Biden administration watches the southern border of the United States fall apart, for some reason, and I can, we can discuss the reasons, the Biden administration has decided to sanction 
a NATO ally and European Union member state, your, your home country, Hungary. What is going on? How did Hungary fall under the, the crosshairs, the targeting of the Biden administration? Well, once again, uh, uh, typical American and typical Hungarian are on the same page. We don't understand this either. I mean, for heaven's sake, 7 million illegals crossing the southern border of the United States and it's Hungarians that are a problem all of a sudden. This is ridiculous. Of course, there are reasons and there are real reasons. But uh, let me remind you of uh, an anecdote that I heard from uh, one of your compatriots. It's how do you know that Biden and uh, his mandarins are lying? Their mouth is open. Right. So <laughs> uh, the, the original reason that they gave us is an obvious lie, but let me share it with the viewers uh, in, uh, for full, full disclosure. They told sure. us two things, that Hungarian, uh, Hungarians, the Hungarian government, the Hungarian state granting citizenship to Hungarians who were born uh, beyond our borders was somehow a security risk because they couldn't verify their identity. Now let's okay. dissect this and start with verifying identities. All of a sudden, verifying Hungarian new citizens' identities becomes very important to the Biden administration, but somehow you can vote in presidential elections in the United States without a photo ID. How right. does that work? The right. second part, security. How on earth are Hungarians representing a security risk? There are statistics in the United States, in fact, the various visa brackets that the American government typically places countries in depend on how those citizens who arrive in the United States from various countries all over the world behave on the territory of the United States. And if you view these statistics, you will find that Hungarians do not overstay their visas. They do not commit crimes on the territory of the United States. And they generally adhere perfectly to the laws of the American Republic. And nevertheless, for some reason, Hungarians are singled out. It is obviously not security, and it's obviously not the need to verify their uh, identity. We so, obviously, yeah, we obviously, think, yep, we obviously verify their identities when we give them uh, our citizenship. All right. Washington has to do is trust Budapest in this case. After all, it's a sovereign uh, matter for a sovereign nation state to grant citizenship. Now, Biden might be confusing us with his administration because they <laughs> threw away visas and citizenship to who knows whom, but Hungary is not the United States. There is a stringent uh, procedure even for people who are Hungarians, ethnic Hungarians, but were born outside our borders, who require citizenship. They have a right, but they have to fulfill very stringent conditions, including security uh, conditions. So they are very thoroughly vetted, and we do not give out citizenship to drug cartels and criminals. <laughs> we right. do not do that. Not that there are too many drug cartels in Europe, by the way. It's that's more about Mexico, but I don't want to be pointing fingers at your southern neighbor. Uh, so that's weird. On the other so hand, there's, there's why two things. There, there's two things I think that are important for our American viewing and listening audience to understand, and that is, uh, this is literally from a hundred years ago. But a hundred yeah. years ago, in 1920. Uh, Hungary, through the Treaty of Trianon at the end of World War I, Hungary lost 
about two thirds of its size. It was it was squeezed down to a fraction of what it was before World War One happened. And when that happened, there were literally millions of ethnic Hungarians who all of a sudden found themselves in a new country. Now, That's if you true. go 100 years forward today, you have Hungarians in places like, let's say, Ukraine, <laughs> right? Who decide, you know what? Given the state of the world, it might really be better since I've, I've my family is Hungarian, I grew up Hungarian, I speak Hungarian, I identify as Hungarian. It's just that the, the masters of the world 100 years ago drew lines on a map and changed the borders. I'm a Hungarian, uh, so I would really like to exercise that and take a Hungarian passport and maybe get out of Hungary. Might be a good idea to get out of Ukraine and, and go home to Hungary. Um, and so that those are the circumstances by which so many people uh, who are ethnic Hungarians found themselves with Hungarian passports. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this law that, or this, this provision for visas that they suddenly revoked effective on the 1st of August, that arrangement had been the same for the last like 10 or 12 years. And only yeah, suddenly right. now today is it a crisis and they have to suddenly change the rules and sanction a NATO ally. Well, yeah, just to um, draw a picture to your audience, uh, there are 10 million Hungarians living inside Hungary, give or take, and right. there are another 5 million Hungarians living outside our borders, or born outside, right. outside our borders. So this is a, a significant issue for Hungary. It's no longer a problem because Hungarian legislation has uh, managed it over the last decade and a half, basically. So these Hungarians, <laughs> until now, basically had the same rights as uh, any of those Hungarians who were born inside Hungary. And those who applied for Hungarian citizenship, they got that, they had a right to that citizenship, but they had to prove a lot of things, including that they are not a security risk. And indeed, you well, mentioned the Ukraine, and uh, there is a war there. We have to understand yeah. And uh, two things are important here. One is that uh, Ukraine bans uh, double citizenship. So giving out data of these Hungarians to the State Department under Mr. Blinken may result, at least we have a suspicion that this might be the result, that the data will be transferred to Ukrainian authorities. So these now, individuals just, just may be clarity, punished. Just for clarity, the Ukrainian government does not look very uh, kindly or favorably apply on the Hungarian minority in the country. Is that a fair statement? That is a fair statement, yes. Uh, uh, the Hungarian minority is not the favorite community of the Kiev uh, government currently. I right. think uh, we are being and diplomatic. I, and, I, yeah, and, I, and I think given Ukraine's recent track record of you know, Zelensky has outlawed his political opposition. He's decided not to hold elections. He's shut down monasteries and arrested priests and nuns. Uh, he's consolidated media in the country. So he doesn't exactly have a sterling civil rights record with regard to respecting people that are not in full agreement with him. Uh, so it's reasonable that a Hungarian minority might be a little uh, anxious or concerned for their security uh, in Ukraine. Uh, well, yes, a Hungarian citizen living on the territory of Ukraine 
would probably not want the Kiev authorities to find out that he has an illegal, under their legislation, second citizenship in Hungary. I think it's safe to say that he would be in some legal peril, and if he is a male of conscription age, he might be in mortal peril. So right. I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't want to criticize Mr. Zelensky government for going to extreme measures in a state of war, but I hope that your viewers understand that Hungary's first responsibility is to protect Hungarians. And in such an eventuality, I think it's paramount that those Hungarians living in Ukraine who have Hungarian citizenship, ship unbeknownst to Kiev, uh, should remain in that secrecy. It's uh, for their safety. And we're not right. just talking about lawsuits here. So here's really, in my opinion, this is all of this discussion is really based on something political. And that is that the Biden administration simply cannot stand it. They hate the idea that in the heart of Europe, there is a successful, prosperous, conservative government uh, at leadership or run as the leadership of Hungary. They just can't stand it. They look yes, at Prime Minister so Orban and it makes them crazy. Yes, I believe that's absolutely correct. That is the general reason behind this, uh, this uh, visa uh, tightening. Uh, the problem that, uh, the Biden's problem is that there is a, a successful conservative government here that has right. instituted successful conservative policies for over a decade right now. And that's a huge problem for a progressive liberal like Mr. Biden, because they cannot tolerate conservative success. One so there's, thing that- there's three, th there's three things that I think exemplify that. And that is, first, they view you as not being sufficiently pro-war that Mr. Orban has called for a ceasefire and peace negotiations. The second point is that you do not support uncontrolled, unregulated immigration. In you fact, actually believe, you believe in, in borders. And the third point is that you have not adopted uh, this sort of crazed militant gender ideology uh, that is really uh, promoted mostly by our ambassador, Mr. Pressman in Budapest, with the LGBTQ agenda and accepting an EU curriculum in your schools for gender ideology, that you've rejected that because you have a referendum from your own people that says that you're not interested in that, thank you very much, but that parents are in charge of their ch children's education. Yes, we firmly believe in parents' rights. In fact, uh, this principle that you've just um, so eloquently described was uh, shared with the world by the Prime Minister uh, during uh, CPEC Hungary, uh, which right. the Center for Fundamental Rights, which our uh, work for, uh, organized for the second time uh, this spring, and we hope to organize it for another uh, occasion next spring. Uh, and he put it uh, very simply, uh, no migration, no gender, no war. This is the Hungarian position. This is also what Mr. Orban believes, uh, the successful uh, blueprint for a general conservative position around the world. 
Uh, if we compare this to President Trump's policies, we will find uh, several things where they coincide. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Trump also believes uh, that fighting wokeness is an absolute necessity in the United States of our time. He also believes in strong borders. In fact, uh, he's on record quoting uh, President Reagan that a country without a border is not a country at all. And uh, we have heard him uh, promise to the world that he would uh, solve the Ukraine war in a very short time. And uh, quite frankly, he is probably the best hope for peace in the foreseeable future, because as this war drags on, it causes uh, more and more problems. And indeed, one of the reasons why Biden is punishing Hungarians, and I want to stress here that he's not punishing the Hungarian government, he's punishing Hungarian citizens who have regular business dealings with the United States because this uh, tightening of the uh, travel regulations affect exactly them. So he's basically uh, punishing uh, those Hungarians who are either employees or partners of American companies, which sounds to me, again, quite weird and to be frank, un-American. Americans believe in free business and free enterprise, and this uh, tightening of the travel regulations affects uh, primarily the business relationship between Americans and Hungarians. It makes it more difficult for Hungarian citizens who are Americans' business partners to uh, do business with you guys. It's sure. quite horrible. And the other thing is, uh, well, <clears throat> I don't want to be undiplomatic here, but uh, Mr. Pressman, the ambassador, <laughs> the ambassador to Budapest, Biden's envoy to Budapest, as I like to say, because I don't see him as an American ambassador, to be quite frank. He was He's sent very here. diplomatic, certainly. Yeah, he was sent here by uh, uh, an administration who has a degree of ideological hostility towards Hungarian conservatives, and he represents that ideological camp against the ideological, uh, the worldview that uh, most Hungarians uh, share. Unfortunately, it seems that uh, this whole gender ideology, LGBTQ thing, is uh, way too important for him. I do not think that he came here with the instruction to make this a central issue, and yet he is making it so. Uh, just a very short uh, story from the recent past in Hungary. There was a, a pretty petty squabble, but the good thing it was a civil society squabble. It was around painting a public bench, uh, rainbow color or not rainbow color. And it went on for a little over a week here in Hungary. Some uh, civil society groups painted it rainbow, the other civil society groups painted it in other colors. Now, it seems to be uh, something that is natural part of the, the debate that goes on inside the society about uh, uh, the LGBTQ phenomenon, which we all encounter. But for some reason, Ambassador Pressman felt that it was his duty to insinuate himself into this squabble. And uh, as a final straw sort of in this debate, he painted one of the benches on the premises of the American embassy in a rainbow color and posted it on Twitter. Now, I'm describing this to your audience just to indicate that the gentleman, Mr. Pressman, is not behaving like a traditional ambassador should. It's not the job of uh, a foreign nation's representative in another country to uh, put himself at the center of what is virtually a civil society debate inside Hungary, and a pretty petty one at that. Uh, right, so it's very right. weird, but it's, it, it uh, seems to us or it feels to us that uh, Ambassador Pressman is irritated by this post. He does not like to be here and uh, he is not satisfied with us, so to speak. But uh, my question is then, 
Why doesn't he seek another posting? There are so many countries in the world. He would be more than welcome in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> That's a very amusing point. Yeah, Pressman really acts in an, in an antagonistic fashion and not in an ambassadorial uh, fashion. Um, his fixation, his, uh, his peculiar uh, fascination with a personal issue and trying to impose it uh, on everyone else around him is really sort of the resounding theme of his uh, of his time there in Budapest. Uh, there are other things to think about, other things to do. Like this, you know, Chris. So the consequences of his actions are like, uh, we see tightening of, uh, of travel uh, authorization for regular Hungarians. And I'm pretty sure that Mr. Pressman had a hand in that. Yeah, I mean, so issuing, the, the irony here also is that uh, there's been all sorts of efforts on his part and by the uh, loathsome USAID uh, chief, uh, Samantha Power, who came over and had, had another great demonstration against your government. Uh, they love discussing press freedom, uh, and they love discussing all sorts of sort of uh, ideological leftist uh, uh, principles that they wish to advance. And I think ironically, when a major news outlet in Hungary reported on these visa sanctions, and that's what they are. Um, Mr. Pressman fired off a letter to this major Hungarian news outlet telling them that they had to change the, the title of their, of their news reporting. That doesn't sound like press freedom to me. That, what does it sound like to you? It sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> But two things here. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, a newspaper, this is uh, Magyar Nemzet, the major conservative daily newspaper in Hungary, the flagship, right. so to speak, the Wall Street Journal of uh, Hungary, if you will. Right. Uh, first of all, they use uh, the common vocabulary uh, where sanction means punitive measures, and these are punitive measures. Yeah. Uh, the embassy staff in Budapest, the American embassy staff in Budapest, seem to use a different uh, vocabulary, which I'm sure exists in the State Department, but I struggle to understand them, to be honest. <laughs> and my English is not all that bad. Uh, and the second point <laughs> is, I think the more, more obvious one is uh, foreign diplomats do not edit Hungarian newspapers. That's I'm not, not sure if this principle <laughs> gets across, but it seems very simple to me. Yeah. Well, it just shows, it shows the fixation. It shows the utter obsession uh, of uh, one person who rather than acting in a diplomatic fashion and trying to find common ground and find ways to cooperate, he dreams up ways to uh, punish or in some way impose penalties upon a NATO ally uh, our viewers should know that uh, in our various military exploits around the world, whether it's Afghanistan or Iraq, uh, the Hungarian army deployed. Your soldiers were there on the ground at risk, arm-in-arm uh, -arm colleagues with U.S. armed forces. So this, isn't, uh, you know, this isn't NATO allies that uh, sit around cocktail parties and, and pat each other on the back. You've put soldiers on the ground right next to American soldiers. Yeah, correct. So our, we our had viewers, 
I'm Combat sorry, casualties in both uh, Iraq and Afghanistan uh, fighting for freedom, yes. Uh, when there is a, a, a conflict that we must uh, handle together, Hungarian soldiers stand side by side uh, American soldiers, even in the trenches if it uh, uh, goes to trenches. Uh, right. It's just a case that uh, Hungarian uh, diplomacy, and I believe common sense, uh, dictates that the Ukraine war has no military solution. Eventually, there has to be a political settlement. The, very, the different sides, and we believe that it, the different sides here are Washington and Moscow, will have right. to sit down and hammer out a compromise that is face-saving and acceptable to both. And, and we cannot help you here beyond offering uh, some sort of uh, mediation because ultimately the decision rests with the great powers and the great great powers of this world involved in the ukraine conflict are russia and the united states biden should be thinking about ending the ukraine war and not limiting hungarians from entering uh, the united states uh, meanwhile i also want to point out something that i guess our ambassador and also mr blinken and mr biden somehow forget that while they're busy imposing sanctions on a NATO ally, Hungary, Hungary has processed, has taken in uh, over 3 million refugees from Ukraine. That's the United Nations number. I think it's 3.18 million, according to the United Nations. Now, not all of those 3.18 million stay in Hungary, but they come through your refugee processing facilities they're given food, first aid, medical care, housing, all the sort of immediate needs that they have. And then they're also given options for transportation. If they want to go on to Germany or wherever they wish to go, you facilitate that, you pay for it, you handle it. I've been in the refugee center in Budapest, and uh, I was amazed at the, the system that you have there. And you talk about detail, you even have veterinary care for uh, Ukrainian refugees who have a dog or a cat and they, the cat or dog needs assistance or whatever. So from veterinary care to transportation, to housing, to food, to employment, uh, in my view, the Hungarian government is bent over backwards to try to provide a way out for people endangered by the Ukraine war. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm not sure about the UN number, but it's certainly over two million. The uh, the total number of Ukrainian right. refugees, and we welcomed and uh, and helped them to get to safety. Certainly, most of them did not stay in Hungary. A country of 10 million would not be able to accommodate two uh, million refugees. Sure, sure. Also, uh, I want to draw attention to the fact that these people are genuine refugees, and Hungary is the first safe country where they arrive. These are mostly women, children, and the elderly. And uh, what you've described, uh, thank you for that, uh, but it was uh, the government response, the organized response. There was also a pouring out of emotion from regular Hungarians. My wife uh, spent several days uh, helping uh, the Ukrainian refugees at the early stages of the war when there was uh, really wave after wave of these unfortunate people fleeing from war uh, coming to Hungary. Uh, taxi drivers drove them for free. Nobody told them or forced them to do that. They 
they did that uh, out of the goodness of their hearts. And that, that was uh, a mass phenomenon. Basically, all Budapest taxi drivers uh, joined that initiative, which was a completely grassroots uh, thing. Uh, people donated clothes, uh, medicine, uh, helped in every possible way that they, they could. The center organized also a charity uh, uh, collection of, of uh, usable things, food, toys for children, which we sent across the border. So the entire country mobilized to help uh, these pure, uh, poor Ukrainians. We don't require any thanks for that, obviously. This is, first of all, uh, our Christian duty. That's first of all. It's also our moral and legal obligation under various international treaties as the first safe country uh, next to uh, uh, Ukraine, who is which is suffering from uh, an unprovoked uh, war of aggression. Uh, but it would be nice if people acknowledged this and kept this in mind. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think that it's very interesting, and this is really sort of a, it's a side note, but to me it's interesting and it was well done, is that while the facility itself was established by the government and enjoyed governmental structure, organization, the actual staff, the people engaging with the refugees and assisting them, helping them in their various questions they had and their concerns, it was an outpouring of support from a variety of religious organizations. It was very ecumenical. It wasn't one religious group over the other. They were all involved. They all cooperated. They all sent staff. And uh, while the government had the responsibility overall for the center, the staffing was, like you said, a grassroots effort by the various churches, religious organizations, synagogues, where everyone was involved. Uh, And to me, that was a very moving example of sort of the Hungarian national response to this. Uh, it wasn't just another government program, right? It was a government operation, but it was genuine people working to try to help folks whose lives have been turned upside down. Yes, yeah, civil public partnership at the best, I believe. Uh, really. Yeah. Uh, and we will do that again. So uh, we don't know where this war is growing. going. It's... Uh, it's a tragic event that should be ended as soon as possible. But uh, if the necessity comes once again to help uh, Ukrainians in such overwhelming numbers, I, I believe that Hungarians will be up to, up to the task. Our religious organizations, our charities will be ready to lend a helping hand and the government will do its best to organize it the most effective way possible. So I want our listeners and our viewers to understand that while the Biden administration leaves the U.S. southern border wide open and endangers Americans with the threat of fentanyl, which is every year is killing 120,000, and that's a low number, it's probably twice that. There's the fentanyl crisis, there's the immigration crisis, there's the impact on on, uh, communities large and small across the country. While, While they have no problem with that, Uh, Because this is a a successful conservative government in a small landlocked country in the center of Europe, uh, the Biden administration can't stand that. And you're not pro-war and you're not pro-unconstrained migration and you're not pro-gender ideology. And therefore, the Biden administration is determined that you must be punished, even if you are a NATO ally even if you are taking in refugees, even if you are living up to all your treaty obligations, 
that doesn't matter. The political ideology out of this leftist U.S. government is that they must punish Hungary. And our viewers need to understand that there's sort of ripple effects, that there's consequences, and that this is the intersection of these two totally contradictory actions on the part of the Biden administration. Uh, that, that's my closing comment. Before we close, I'm going to give you the, the last word. What, what else do you want to let us know about, Sultan? Well, uh, I think what is most important, and uh, I speak as a conservative from Hungary, is to understand from, for, for all of us conservatives that there is a, a global leftist network that is organizing against our true values against God, nation, and the family. Uh, you can see that everywhere in the destruction of historical memory, destruction of historical monuments, in undermining national cohesion, in attacking uh, the traditional family, and even attacking our children uh, through gender ideology. The only way that we can uh, fight this uh, menace, I'm going to go there, is uh, to work together. We must stand united, uh, and uh, I think that is what I hope that your audience will take away from this, that they have friends in Hungary, good conservatives, and we hope we have hope in you, we rely on you guys, good conservatives in the United States. Zoltan Koshkovics, the geopolitical strategist and analyst for the Center for Fundamental Rights in Budapest, Hungary. How can folks follow your work and the work of the Center for Fundamental Rights. You can find the center on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, basically on every social media platform. And please look for me on Twitter, or should I say X by now? I'm saying it's a little bit That's confusing. Right, it's X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zoltan, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate your insights. This is a, this is a really a critical issue for Americans to understand the impact of the Biden foreign policy uh, decisions on these fronts. And uh, rest assured uh, that many, many, many Americans appreciate the friendship and the alliance that we have with Hungary. And uh, we wish you all the best. And I wish you all the best, guys. Let's fight together. I'm Chris Farrell on watch. Thanks for listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.